Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Aris Zukanayan. You know what? Yesterday, Pastor Bobby preached a fantastic sermon during the Emerge Conference on Saturday. And I heard that on Friday, Pastor Chuang preached a powerful sermon on Shamga and literally brought everyone to their knees to worship Jesus Christ. And uh, it was fantastic. Yesterday's sermon, you got to hear it again. I really believe that it was a great word for the young people of today's generation. But today, for this uh, sermon on Sunday for the Emerge Conference itself, before the 4 p.m. service later, I want to bring the sermon, you know, to the individual, to every single one of us here in this place, and especially to the young people. And I want you to read Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, and usually we will read it in the New King James, but I want to read it in a message version. He says, Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work. You're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. God wants you and I to put our life as a living sacrifice. We can say amen. And by that, it means embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to this worldly culture that you will fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out and you will readily recognize what He wants from you and you will quickly respond to it. Unlike the worldly culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. But God wants to bring the young people of City Harvest Church the best out of you. He wants to develop well-formed maturity inside you. And I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourself as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God is bringing all goodness to you. And the only accurate way to understand ourselves, the only way you young people can understand yourself is by knowing what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are or what we can do for Him. What a great verse. You know what? I want to talk to you young people and in this Emerge Conference about identity crisis. In today's world, there is a rising crisis that needs to be addressed. Do you know that most young people or most people today in the world are more concerned about economic crisis or they are more concerned about political crisis because political crisis will lead to instability to the nation. But do you know that there is something much more serious than these two crises? And what is that? Identity crisis. Somebody say with me, identity crisis. Now, do you know in today's newspaper on the 25th of June 2015, the Singapore Institute International Affairs Future 50 Committee published an article pertaining to the future of Singapore and what it says that it must pay attention to, especially for the next 50 years for the future of Singapore. So this was published in 2015. And it was an article based on their research on what is important in the next 50 years for Singapore. So certainly, we're only at 2018. We are still in the midst of their research time frame. What did it say? Its subheading says like this. Despite much talk on politics and economy, one critical element that will shape our nation's future is its people. It's its young people that the challenges of the future are not economy, but rather people. And that the people of tomorrow, Singapore's future, the young people, need to have strong identity. In fact, I want to read to you, you know what, the, 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 the article, what it says over here, I don't know whether it's written there, a contributing factor to dissatisfaction in Singapore is the nation's continued introspective struggle states the F50 report, what is the Singapore identity? 
Given our multiculturalism and diversity, is there such a thing to begin with? And then he says, the next one, in order to establish a stable and secure platform from which Singapore can grow, Singaporeans could spend some time soul-searching and defining our identity. And the ability to define an honest identity of our own could be driven by an awareness of our history and an understanding of the personalities that will shape our nation. Wow. Even the nation itself understands the importance of having a strong identity. How many of you can say amen? That's why the dictionary states that identity crisis is a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure, typically due to a change in their expected aims or role in society. So it speaks of a people lost, feeling lost, uncertain, confused in who they are due to problems they face in life, peer pressure, peers' demand, and growing, ever-changing social acceptance and demands itself. Do you know, friends, you need to have strong identity. Turn to neighbor and say, you need to have strong identity. <laughs> Why? Ed Cole says this, because if you cannot define who you are, someone else will define it for you. If you don't have a strong identity, someone else will identify you according to their version of identity. If you don't define who you are, someone else will define it for you. And if you allow someone to define who you are, their standard of definition will always be lower, lesser to the potential that God has for you, young people. And when you don't solidify your identity, your standing in God, this will create a vacuum, an emptiness for something else to fill in, to form in your life. And you know what, friends? Those things will shape your identity because your beliefs, your experiences, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, all these form your identity. And if you are not careful, you allow the worldly forces, you allow the outside factors you allow what people say about you. You allow your status of the family. You allow your problems to define who you are. Because all this is what you process through your feelings, through your thoughts, through your emotions, and even in the spirits. And if you're not careful, the wrong things can shape you and form your identity. But God wants you to know all these things don't form your identity. Only God has the power to say who you really are. Give God a big hand. Let me tell you, young people, if you are not careful, wrong information can form a wrong identity inside you. Wrong information can inform and can give you a wrong value. And a wrong value will shape a wrong identity inside you. Like I said last week, Google cannot tell you what is right living. How many of you can say amen, right? Only Jesus can tell you what is true living. You see, if you go to the newspaper, do you know February 9, February 9, 2015, in the Straits Times report, it says this, teens, young people, are getting more sexually active at younger early age. And you know what the report says? It says that young people today see losing virginity not, no, no longer or not as a loss. But instead, they count it as a gain. A gain of what? A gain of experiencing sexual pleasure. Can you imagine that the young people today sees losing virginity no longer as a loss, but actually as a pleasure, as a sexual gain? So to them, virginity is of no value. And if you read such report and believe, and because it is so popular in the culture, everyone else is doing it, Everyone else accept it. You can take this value and form a brand wrong new identity inside you. And it is now the norm and accepted to be vulgar, morally loose at a young age. And all these wrong, wrong forces are pulling you and forming your beliefs. And that's why God wants you to not allow the worldly culture to shape you. How many of you can say amen? you got to know who you are in God. 
So I want to read this verse 1 and 2 again. How do you form a strong identity in God? The Bible says in verse 1 and 2, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Number one, your identity is from God and can be found in God's Word. Emerge Conference, I want, to, I want you to know this one thing. It is more important to experience revival in you than experience revival in meetings. You can experience revival in meetings, but when you go back home and if your life is not transformed, you are still speaking vulgar languages. <laughs> if, your, you know, if your values are not changed, then you know what? Revival in meetings has no transformation power. Only when you are transformed, then you can transform society. So revival in you is more important than revival in meetings. But how to have revival in you? You got to have a change identity in God. How? Your identity can be found in God. You must go to God. Listen, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says this, God spoke to Jeremiah, a young man, before I formed you in the womb, I already knew you. Before you were born, I have already set you apart and I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, young people, look at this. Can you see that God gave Jeremiah's identity to him even before he was born into this world? Now, that means what? Listen to this carefully. He was born of his parents in Singapore as Jeremiah Go, an earthly identity. But he was created to be Jeremiah the prophet by God before his birth. He was born into this world as Jeremiah Go, but he was created by God to be Jeremiah the prophet. Now that's where identity lies. Identity lies not at birth, but at creation. And creation always comes before birth. You see, all of us see ourselves coming into this world according to this order. We are born into this world and then we become a being. We are born into this world and then we become a human being. And that's why when we see birth as the first order of being, we form our identity from there. We derive our identity from there. So we look at our family circumstances, what our parents say to us, what our family status is, and it becomes an identity. Where? At birth. Because in our mind, the order of you coming into this world is born first and then being. But friends, is that what God, how God sees you? No. God sees you coming into this world differently. The Bible says the order is you are created first in the mind of God. And then you are born into this world. And then you become a being. That means your identity is not set at the time of birth. Your identity is set at the time of God's creation. So who has the power to define who you are? The Creator God. Young people, who has the power to define you? God. God is your Creator. And when He created you, He already had you in His mind. And that's why He decided to create you. That's why it's not based on what the world thinks about you or even who you think you are. It's about what God thinks and says about you. And the moment God thinks about you and decided to bring you into this world, your identity is set at the very moment of conception of thought and creation. That's why Romans 8, 29, 30 says this, God knows what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. And the Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. And we see the original. Verse 30, after God made that decision of what His children should be like, He followed it up by calling people by name. Jeremiah, go! But after He called them by name, 
He set them on a solid basis with Himself. And then, after getting them established, He stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what He had begun inside their life. What a great verse today. Let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Young people, don't let others define who you are. Come to the point of creation, not come to the point of birth. Because God is the one who sets your identity, not the world who can say amen. That's the reason why Gideon, a young man, took a while to fully understand who he was in God. See, the Bible says in Judges 6, 11 to 15, the angel came to, to Gideon and when he sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, Gideon, the Lord is with you. And then the angel began to declare who his real identity at the point of creation, not at the point of birth. And what is the identity? Gideon. Gideon is your earthly identity. And then the angel began to call out his heavenly identity. Gideon, earthly identity. You are a mighty warrior. Wow. Jeremiah, go. You are a mighty prophet. So he called them by his earthly identity and then he followed up by his divine identity. What is that? Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. Wow. Now, the Lord said, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. But what is his reply? No, God, I am a mighty warrior. Warrior, amen, right? The, the, the angel said, you are a mighty warrior. But Gideon replied back, no God, I am a mighty warrior. That's why God face palm. Amen, right? <laughs> this one needs a lot of work. Hallelujah, right? So the angel said, Gideon, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's land. Am I not sending you? But he replied again, pardon me, my Lord. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Again, Manasseh. <laughs> Mana use. Remember, right? <laughs> I am in the least in the family. Do you see that every time the Lord speaks of his identity, he is always referring to himself as the world's identity. I am the weakest. Now, last week, I had a great, you know what, depression and mental health workshop. And this psychiatrist said this, every warrior, every warrior has its roots in low self-esteem. And it is true. <laughs> the reason why he is a mighty warrior, because he has a low self-esteem. He said to himself, I am the least. I am the poorest. I'm account to nothing. Can you see that Gideon, has already formed his own identity based on the status of his family, based on what the family members said about him. You belong to the Benjamite, the weakest, the least of all clan. And a wrong identity will lead us to have a wrong image of God. And that's why he began to say, if God is real, then how can God allow Israel to be plundered by the enemies, the Midianites? How come if God says that He is good, He allows suffering to enter into this world? He cannot reconcile the image He has pertaining to God. Why? Because He has a wrong identity of Himself and that's why He perceived God wrongly. Wrong identity will cause you to see a wrong image of God. How many of you can say Amen. A wrong identity will distort the image of God in your life and that's why you will run away from God. But that's not what God wants you to do tonight. This morning, God wants you to running back to Him. Amen, right? <laughs> running back to Him. Why? Because He wants to set your identity right. Not from the earthly identity, but from creation identity. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? That's why anyone who is in Christ, He is a new creation, a new creature. He got a new identity. And an intimate relationship with God is both the beginning of our identity and the ultimate end of our destiny. You have a right identity, it will lead to the right destiny. 
Wrong identity will lead you to the wrong destiny. How many of you can say amen? That's why destiny is first and foremost who you are before what you can do for God. And the more you know God, the more I know Him. Amen, right? The more I seek Him, the more I find Him. And what He says about you is what ultimately matters. Get your identity from creation, from God, not from birth. How many of you can say amen? amen. Point number two, how do you get your identity? When you come back to God and got back the identity, what He says pertaining to you. Number two, the Bible says in verse three, you need to understand who God is. Don't you never say, I need to understand who God is. And I want to expound on the most important characteristic of God. Of all the characteristics that we can talk about God, that the most important one is that you need to understand and you need to know that God is love. And that God loves you unconditionally. Young people, you need to know, you need to understand God is love. Many people know that God is love, but not many people understand God is love. That's why he said you need to understand. God is love. Understand God is love. And love has no boundaries. And the most powerful thing about love, the Bible says, is that love covers a multitude of sin. That means love, Jesus, God, loves you and He loves you unconditionally and He accepts you the way you are. Now guys, why young people... I'm saying this today is so important. Why is it to know that God loves you the way you are is important? Listen, because if you miss out on all my sermon because you're so tired practicing all the emerge events, amen, right? Don't miss out on this. You need to understand and you need to remember this. Young people, why is it you need to know that God loves you the way you are? Because God can only bless us who you are. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. God can only bless who you are. Because God cannot bless who you pretend to be. And there are so many young people coming to church pretending to be someone else. And if you have been pretending all this while, God cannot bless you. How many of you can say amen? amen. This means God can only bless you when you stop pretending, when you stop hiding, when you stop pretending or hiding your feelings and your identity. A lot of people come to church. They hide their insecurity. They hide their fear. They hide their weakness. And to try to put up a strong front in order to please people or to blend in with them. So they were forced to come for prayer rally in the morning. And they pretend to be happy. But inside, they are full of grudges and anger. If you come to pray meeting like this, God cannot bless you. Because God can only bless who you are. He cannot bless who you pretend to be. How many of you can say amen? Boys, boys, I know that some of you come to church because you like one girl in the cell group. That's fine. That's fine if you initially come to church because of that. But if you continually to be in church because of that, God cannot bless you. After a while, the girl will like someone else. Hallelujah. Amen, right? Come on. Hallelujah. Amen, right? Right. God can only bless who you are, not who you pretend to be. Church, He blesses who you are. This means, who you are, means what? My total package. My weakness. My failures. My shame. My past mistakes. Only when you are ready to come before God as a living sacrifice, as a total package, not as a fake package, not as a counterfeit package, then 
you can be a living sacrifice that produces a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. And only then, your sacrifice will be accepted by Him. And when your sacrifice is accepted by Him, only then, His love will cover you. And His love will redeem you, redefine you, realign you back to His purpose and destiny. But only through your weakness, then He can be made strong in you. Not through pretending to be strong, then God can make you stronger. No. It's always through your weakness. It's only through who you are, not who you pretend to be. So come to church, stop pretending. Stop being a hypocrite. Stop pretending. Stop pretending. Stop pretending. pretending. Hallelujah. The one thing that is stopping young people from sharing their brokenness is shame. Guilt and being unopened. It's not just the young people, adults the same. Or pretending to be strong when in actual fact they are struggling inside. That's why I always say this. Even couples coming to church, they may be quarreling in the car going to church. They are scratching one another. But the moment they reach church and when the usher opens the door, immediately they will put up a smile. Good shalom, hallelujah, amen, right? <laughs> and they will be holding hands going to church. And the pastor will ask them, how's things, how's your marriage? Everything is blissful, hallelujah, amen, right? <laughs> God cannot bless your marriage if you keep on pretending that your marriage is okay when everything is not okay. Listen, an identity that is informed by feelings of inadequacy is dangerous because who you are will be layered by disillusionment and disillusionment gets laid upon by disappointment which in turn gets laid upon failure and in the end, your real self ended up buried so far down that you don't even remember who you are anymore. And when I share about those stats, young people struggling with sex, Sexual, moral society of today. I'm not blind to the fact that those are the same issues that you and I here in this church are also struggling. But that's what church is all about. Church is about accepting who you are. Not who you pretend to be. How many of you can say amen? amen. If you come to church always pretending to be strong, then why need church? We don't need church. You come to church precisely because you are weak and we need Jesus to make us strong. God cannot bless you if you are always pretending to be someone else. Young people, be you. And the more you keep those hidden struggles secret, the more you hide them, the more powerful it will become. And do you know what you hide and keep will eventually become a stronghold in your mind. Because whatever things you eventually hide, you hide will eventually become a stronghold. Because that, that something becomes, some, your struggle becomes your identity. You know what? You don't want, at the end of the day, that you keep on struggling and struggling and struggling to the point that you say to yourself, no point struggling because I cannot keep on coming to church pretending to be someone else. There is an inner conflict between me and God. And if you keep on coming to church always struggling to, in this conflict, inner conflict, you cannot be who you are. Let me tell you, you will eventually succumb to the struggle and when you finally succumb to the struggle, guess what? The struggle becomes your identity. You tell yourself, I am not fit to come to church. You tell yourself, God doesn't deserve me. You tell yourself, I cannot come back to God anymore. Friends, don't do that. 1 John 1, 7, 8 says, But if you are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we'll have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses you from all your sins. Whatever things that you keep in the dark will grow stronger. Whatever things that you bring up into the light will get weaker. How many of you can say amen? And City Harvest Church, adults, it's time for us to accept that our young people are not perfect. 
It's time to accept that when they come to church, that's why they are imperfect and they need God to perfect them. How many of you can say amen? amen. Psalms 37 verse 5 to 6 in the message version. Open up before God. Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. What do you need to do? Just open up before God. And He will do whatever things that needs to be done in your life. And not only that, He will validate your life in the clear light of day, stamp you with approval at high noon. What? what? Such a great verse, do you think so or not? What a great verse. He will validate you. He will stamp an approval seal upon your life. What is that? God loves you. And He loves you unconditionally. But He can only bless you who you really are, not what you pretend to be. Come on, give God a big hand. I need to be quick. I need to be quick. But I know, you young people, there is a fear of opening up. But I want you to know, God's love, perfect love, casts out every fear that you and I will be condemned or will be judged. But we all know, the problem is not with God. The problem is with our cell group leaders. Oh, hallelujah, amen. Huh? It's with our leaders. Humans. Authorities. Sometimes even parents. Why? Because when we open up to them, guys, we are human. Sometimes when we are shocked by your inadequacy or weakness, we are shocked. And because we have shortcomings, Due to lack of knowledge, we don't know how to react or even help. But I want you to know, deep inside us, we love you and we want to really help you. But I want you to know, you don't look to men, you come back to God because God will never reject you. How many of you can say amen? Hallelujah. Don't build walls in your heart. Good walls is supposed to secure borders. I agree with that. But if you build walls inside, it isolates you, not secure you. Don't build walls. It isolates you. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, in the Passion Translation, I pray that City Harvest Church emerge will be this kind of place. What is that? It's a love place. Love is a safe place of shelter. For it never stops believing the best for others, for young people. Love never takes failure as defeat. Because love never gives up. I pray that City Harvest Church will be such a place where all young people will come, that God can bless them who they are, not what you can do for them. Come back to God. Very quickly, very quickly. Number three. I'm sorry, Pastor Chuang. Number three, amen, right? <laughs> How to have strong identity. Come back to God. Understand who God is. God is love. His unconditional love. Love you, accept you. God can only bless who you are, not who you pretend to be. Number three. Understand, verse 3 says, who God is and what He has done for you. When you understand what God has done for you, you will stop striving on your strength and not be performance-oriented. Low self-esteem is attributed, right? To what? To performance-driven relationship rather than love-driven relationship. Today, I see many young people very confident. More confident than we were, Korean or Pastor Chuang. I still remember when we were 16 years old, Pastor Kong asked me to take the microphone to do the announcement. That weekend was the first weekend we have a guest speaker called, you know this guy called Brian Houston? Hallelujah, amen, right? In Hollywood theaters, I took the microphone and when I saw his face, the fear of man came upon me. Hallelujah, right? I was shaking like this. <laughs> I lost my train of thoughts. And in front of the whole church, Pastor Kong came to my rescue by coming up to the stage to take over me. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> but I don't see that in you, young people. You guys have cool, confidence. But be careful. <laughs> Don't mistake 
confidence with esteem. Who can say amen, right? Because you can have confidence and use confidence as a pretentious being to cover up your low self-esteem. And when someone else do not clap for you no more, your self-esteem will reveal who you really are and you will sink into depression. Don't do that. Build your esteem and you will have confidence. Don't build confidence to build your esteem. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? And that's why, that's why, understand what God has done for you. Many of you know what God has done for you, but you don't understand what He has done for you very much in life. Why? Our identity is tied with our performances, our results, and our good works. And young people, good results, works, performances are a result of a healthy esteem, identity, not the other way around. And who can blame you? Because this world has taught us that everything in life, you have to earn it, earn it. And if you think like that, this means your identity, you identify yourself as an employee, as a, as a slave. But on the contrary, God sees you as sons and daughters, not slaves or employees. Galatians 4, 4, 7, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman. Do you notice when the fullness of time have come, God didn't say, God sent His best employee. God sent His best salesman. No. God sent His best CEO. No. God sent His son. And do you notice, son has no adjective before that. Best son. Good son. Handsome son. Son, the identity is just a son. Because to God, He don't need no adjective to validate who you are as a son of God. How many of you can say amen? You are a son and a daughter, born of a woman. Do you notice? God sent forth His Son, the divine identity, then born of a woman, then birth, and born under the law to come into being to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir to God. Galatians as a whole suggests that if we will, that we, young people, all of us, will be tempted to compromise and deny the gospel by treating God as an impersonal master rather than a father. And we'll try to prove ourselves to Him to earn His love when He has already loved us and even sent His Son for you and I. And when you have that kind of mentality, we subtly behave and feel like an employee. When God has already made us sons and daughters in God, and we end up becoming performance-driven, not relationship-driven. You are a son and a daughter of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a son and a daughter of God. <laughs> you are not an employee. Do you know church? I'm going to end very soon. Amen, right? Do you know church? In church, slaves and sons sit in church every weekend side by side. You know what? Slaves and sons sit in church every weekend side by side. And from a distance, you cannot tell which is which. But there is a profound difference. Because both of them are Christian. But one is a Christian son. One is a Christian slave. Both hear the same message. Both worship the same God. Both listen and carry the same Bible. Read the same Bible. And you know what? You cannot differentiate them. Because all over, all over the world, there are slaves and sons sitting every weekend in church and we cannot differentiate who they are. Maybe it's just the person next to you. Amen, right? Ask them, are you a slave or are you a son? Amen, right? <laughs> but friends, you, even though you cannot differentiate them, but the difference is crucial. Because 
let me tell you the differences between a son and a slave. A son believes and experiences the unconditional love of the father. So even when he makes mistakes, he knows that God loves him and he will always want to come back to God. A slave believes he must perform to gain the father's love. A son experiences sonship as an heir based on his position to the father. But a slave believes becoming an heir is tied to performance, not his position as a son. So if you're no longer performing, you fall away because you feel that you are not worthy to come to church anymore because you think God doesn't appreciate you anymore. A son rests in the security of his father's provision. But a slave believes provision is only through performance. A son says, when, I'm, when I fail, I am still loved. A slave says, when I fail, I believe I deserve judgment. A son is a steward of what my father has entrusted to me. I'm a steward. But a slave will always feel entitled to a share of anything I do. And if I don't get my share, I am angry. A son loves my dad's character. What is that? Unconditional love. A, a slave resents my dad's character because he wants condition. His life is always based on condition, not unconditional love. And if there is no conditions attached, he cannot function. He doesn't know how to be in a relationship. A son, value, his value is totally based on a position as a son. But a slave, value, is only based on what I do and how well I do it. A son, love to him is experience. But a slave, love is earned. I don't know what else. There's so many. Amen. Hallelujah, right? You know what? A son, he says, he says over here, receives gracefully. But a slave, what is that? Expects an entitlement. Hallelujah. You know why? Because the slave part in my sermon is on the other page. So I need to flip back and forth. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? God can only bless me who I really am. Hallelujah. Not, not I pretend to be. If I have a problem on stage, I have a problem on stage. Hallelujah, right? So thank you, Jeff, for listening. Amen, right? A son <laughs> recognizes sins and repents. But a slave, he is, thank you very much, self-righteous and prideful. A son lives from the heart, but a slave lives from legalism. A son believes he or she is loved, but a slave believes or he or she is defective, he's shame. A son operates in the inner and the outer court as both king and priest. But a slave operates only in the outer court of performance as a king. He's a court jester. God doesn't need court jester. God needs sons and daughters. A son has a godly kingdom lifestyle defined by grace and redemption. But a slave has a worldly kingdom perspective defined by performance and posturing. And a son lives under God's authority, but a slave rejects God's authority. He wants his own authority. But friends, who are you? Are you a son or are you a slave? In church, both of you look similar, same. But your perspective, your identity will determine your ultimate destiny. And this is our greatest privilege, young people, our immediate responsibilities and our ultimate destiny is to know who you are in God. So the halftime question that I have to you is that how much have you and I become a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ? How much have you understood what He has done for you? Hallelujah. God will never reject you. Maybe can we have the musician and we can start playing. God will never reject you. He wants to draw near to you. Again, revival in you is more important than experiencing revival in meetings. If after Emerge, that what you get is that the church values you because of your performance and of your talent and of your gift and how well you do it, then you are missing the point of Emerge. 
You need to live image knowing that we celebrate your gifting, your talents. But we will always love you unconditionally. If that's what you get from Emerge, that one is revival in you, not revival in meetings. How many of you can say amen? Emerge, if today you leave this place only getting, having this mindset that I must be beautiful, I must be handsome before God can use me. Because people on stage, with the exception of me, hallelujah, right? Are all beautiful and handsome. Right? then you're missing the point of image. But if you today leave this place unknowing, regardless of who I am, God loves me. And that's why I just come to the knowledge of saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He will accept me who I really am. That is revival in you, not revival in meetings. That's revival in you. Listen, church, we are created to have an intimate love relationship with God. This is both the beginning of our identity and the ultimate end of our destiny. Young people, God is calling you out, out of hiding into history, from wrong identity into a great destiny. Those of you this morning, hiding as slaves, employees, or even, or even worse, orphans, come back to the Father. Let His love change you. And let His love Set who you really are in God. You are His precious son and daughter of Jesus Christ. And all the people say, let's give Jesus a big hand. Why don't we all stand up on our feet? Hallelujah. Come on, why don't we just lift up our hands to heaven and just begin to worship Jesus. Let His love come and imprint identity, His identity inside you. Lift up your hands to heaven. We love you, Jesus. Make it your prayer, this worship song. Let me draw close to you. Let me draw near to you. Stand on the shores of your great love. Jesus, I long for more. Oh, how I thirst for more. Lonely. performance, conditions and who you are pretending to be you know what church that is only experiencing revival in meetings but we want you to go back home to have a new identity in God that I am a son and I am a daughter of Jesus Christ Jesus loves me Jesus loves me who I really am He loves me, He loves me He loves me, now guys 
It's not going to change sometimes conditions at home. Sometimes when after image you're going to go home, still your parents are going to shout at you. Still your parents are going to say things about you. Still your parents are going to criticize you. But then don't define who you are. Now on the inside, you know who you really are. And His love will overwhelm you. And His love will be able to give you the grace to hear beyond the criticism, to look beyond the anger of your parents. Instead, to love them with the love of Jesus Christ. You understand them, you love them no matter what. That's what it is. That is revival in you. But tonight, this morning, if today you know in your heart that all this while that your relationship with God is tied to a performance, or you have been coming to church pretending to be something else, to be someone else, and you are already tired inside because always there is an inner conflict and it's always a struggle. Don't struggle anymore. Come to God just as you are. Let His love overwhelms you. Let His love cover you like a waterfall, crashes over you and eliminate every hypocrisy, every pretentious being inside you so that you can come to God just as you really are. You know what? I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. We want all the pastors and all the cell group leaders and all the leaders to come up and to pray for you. If that is you, don't be shy. Because if you are shy, you are still pretending. Don't pretend. Come to God. Because when you come to God, let His love cover you all over again. Come on. If that is you, young people, come to the front right now. And we're just going to lay hands and pray for you. As the leaders come forward, and as the people come forward, we're going to sing this song from the very beginning all the way, a full song, full song. And then after the chorus, you go to the bridge, so on and so forth. And you know what? When these young people come, adults, why don't you give God a big hand? Come on, let's encourage our young people. Tell them that we love them. Don't pretend who you are. Once they are settled, once they are in a position, once there are ushers or securities behind them, leaders, you can start praying for them right now. Start praying for them. Let's sing this song from the very beginning again. Let me draw close to you. Let me draw near to you. That's right. Stand on the shores of your great love. Jesus. Jesus, I long. Keep me away. You're my. 
things are all right don't pretend coming to church that things are okay no 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 tonight this morning why don't you also come before the Lord come clean before the Lord say Lord I'm struggling Lord I'm struggling please help me please please help me let your love overflow into my life into my marriage into my business into my career into my children's life as well if that is you I want everybody to lift up your hands to heaven and I want you to make a prayer before the Lord that's right Lord I need you I'm struggling on the inside maybe some of you are struggling with depression maybe some of you are struggling in a conflict today come as who you are stop pretending stop struggling just surrender just surrender just surrender that's right I want you to pray in tongues for the next 30 seconds yourself come on God loves you the way you are He loves you the way you are He's he loves you the way you are. It doesn't matter your history. It doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter. Today come before the Lord. Let His love crash us over you. That's right, we lift up your hands and worship Him. Drowning in your love, Jesus. I'd rather drowning in your love than to be drowning in this world. Come on, I'd rather be drowning in your love than to be drowning in this world. One more time. I'd rather be drowning in your love. I'd rather be drowning in your love than to be drowning in this world. Jesus, I'd rather be drowning in your love than to be drowning in this world. It's a waterfall, it overflows, it crashes over me, it crashes over me. Your love is a waterfall, it overflows, it crashes over me, it crashes over me. One more time, your love is a waterfall. over me Your love is a waterfall It overflows It crashes over me It crashes over me Stepping into your love Let it overwhelm me Nothing's gonna keep me away You're my only savior your love, I let it overwhelm me, nothing's gonna keep me away, you're my only saving way. Hallelujah, while the musicians play, I want you to receive God's love, right where you are, just receive God's love, just receive God's love. 
just a couple more just a couple more the young people are being touched by God the young people are being touched by God's love just receive God's love right where you are we love you Jesus God's love, receive God's love, receive God's love, it's unconditional love. Shuri ala la 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 bara 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 you don't care what you have done. You don't care who you are. Just receive God's love. everybody just lift up your hands and I want you to receive God's love Abba Father we are all your sons and your daughters this morning we come before you just as we are Lord this morning we want to put down all pretension all the hypocrisy Lord all the things that we are trying to put up the walls that we have built Father tonight break down every walls now Lord as we surrender as we come clean before you let your love crash us over me let your love come into our being like a waterfall never-ending love never-ending grace never-ending love never-ending acceptance never-ending love never-ending strength in the mighty name of Jesus Father every parents every businessman every adults here we are all your sons and your daughters. Tonight, this morning, we receive you. We love you, Jesus. Come before, come to us. I'm going to pray for yourself in the next 30 seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's right. Just a little bit more. We love you, we praise you, Jesus. Shuri That's right, I want to pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Sing that one song, one last time. Your love is a waterfall. Your love is a waterfall, it overflows, it crashes over me, it crashes over me. Your love is a waterfall, it overflows, it crashes over me, it crashes over me. Hallelujah, Jesus. You've got to begin. You've got to begin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we pray, Lord, that truly there will be a revival in us. Lord, when we walk out this place, every young person, we walk out this place having a revival in us, knowing, Jesus, that you, are, you love us. We are 
your sons and your daughters of Jesus. Father, today, let City Harvest Church be a place of love where everyone can be accepted. But Lord, as much as you love us, you will never leave us unchanged. You will always change us. Lord, change is your job. Love and acceptance is our job. So Father, we thank you and we praise you for this beautiful Emerge Conference weekend. All the way from Friday till today, what a glorious presence of God that we experience here. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say. Everybody say. Every sons and daughters say. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Are you blessed by this week's podcast? Tell us at connect at chc.org.sg.